If you are a listener of this podcast, Carrie Walsh Jennings is likely a name that rings a loud bell as she is the most decorated female beach volleyball player of all time. And she won a lot of gold medals in the different Olympics when we were younger and likely playing volleyball or watching the Olympics just in awe. So you probably know she's a household name and she's also a wife. She's a mom of three, and yes, she was slaying on the sand in the midst of those pregnancies and postpartum. You are about to be so blessed because you're about to hear from this awesome mom today on the Tough Love Mom podcast. This is exciting personally for me because I've looked up to Carrie since I got serious about volleyball in fifth grade and set the goal for myself of playing division one volleyball. The way she carried herself on the court, albeit of sand and not indoor like I was playing, but she was poised and confident and determined. And every single time I got to watch her play, whether it was on the TV or in person, she left everything on the court. And just I, I just so looked up to who she was as a player. She was a role model for me. And now being able to grasp, you know, kind of grasp, right, what she was going through in those years as being a mom myself now and be able to relate on that mom level to what she had to go through raising kids, but then also achieving all of that at the same time, just gave me a different perspective of how she could be looked up to as a mom and just is an amazing example now of someone who loves both motherhood and working, doing what she loves. It's amazing. I'm excited to bring you this conversation because it's very full circle for me. And side note, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you got to go check out my post from today because there's pictures of little me and like, I think it was eighth or ninth grade when I got to meet her at some AVP tournaments where I got to see her play in person. It's a total throwback. So get ready. But Carrie... Walsh Jennings has two NCAA titles to her name. She played at Stanford. She's got three world championships, three Olympic golds, and a bronze. She had a 112-match win streak with Misty May, which was literally like a full year of winning. And she holds the record for tournament victories and for career earnings amongst all female beach volleyball players. And that's just, you know, the big highlights of her career. She truly is the greatest of all time when it comes to beach volleyball. And while all of that is truly amazing, an amazing feat, She's also one of the most relatable down-to-earth moms I've had the honor of speaking to and bringing to you on this podcast. So I'm excited today for you to get to listen to us chat on motherhood and training and physicality and mindset when it comes to everything she's accomplished and motherhood. This mom-to-mom conversation is about to bless you so much. Get ready to be equipped and encouraged and again, just realize how human and relatable someone like Carrie Walsh Jennings is. So I'm going to stop talking so you can go listen to our conversation. Hey mama, welcome to the tough love mom podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight. And you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies, 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency, and working on my mindset, 
I lost it all in just over a year both times, and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen, and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today, Carrie. Thank you so much for your time. Again, like I told you before when we were chatting, I've looked up to you since middle school. And (laughs) I think back, I'm like, if I were given the opportunity then to ask her even just one question, I probably would have been like, how do I play in college? (laughs) Oh, how cute. And you figured it out on your own. (laughs) I figured it out eventually, right? Um, But I'm excited now because this is so full circle and very honored to get to chat with you mom to mom because your wisdom and experience, I feel like is just bar none. And I'm excited to see what you have to say about motherhood and health and balance and all the things, because you, I don't want to use the word balanced those amongst like all you accomplished, because I mean, balance is like this constantly moving thing, right? But uh, you've accomplished a lot amidst motherhood. Dream come true. Just to give the listeners a rundown, like a context from where we're speaking from and like your journey of becoming a mom, you're the most decorated female beach volleyball player um, of all time, which is mind blowing. You're the goat of beach volleyball, Um, three time Olympic gold medalist. She's got one bronze to her name as well. When you won your third gold, you were pregnant, correct? With your third child? Yeah, with Scouty. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, You hold the record for tournament victories and career earnings amongst all female volleyball beach volleyball players, 112 match win streak with Misty May. Literally it was like a full year of winning, right? Was that about a year? Oh yeah. And you're, you have a beautiful family, you're a mom and you get to do what you love. So I sit here thinking about all those accomplishments and doing them as a mom of three. And it seems almost incomprehensible. Like the listeners probably going, that's crazy. Like almost, you know, unrelatable. So what do you feel like makes you relatable as a mom? Oh, well, I, I mean, I just am like, I'm so, so normal. I'm just a girl chasing my dreams. Um, and I feel like every mom is doing that in their own way. You know, um, even when I retire, I just, I hope to continue chasing gold medals in whatever form and fashion they show up, you know, but for me, um, my, my life has always revolved around a couple of different things, um, key things. And it's been my faith. It's been my family and it's been whatever literally passion lives within me and nothing has changed since birth. You know, I was raised in an amazing family. My mom has had eight children. She had five of us carried triplets for her sister. Um, She was one of eight. And I was just always around people that I I love and trust and who inspired me to go for it. And my dad's incredible as well. And they did it together, you know, and both my parents were very, you know, very um, present in my childhood and and still like, if they miss a game, I'm still surprised, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they're always just, they're just always around and so supportive. Um, but they also had their own careers, you know? So I feel like the life I'm living now was just modeled for me. And I feel like if, if all of your listeners, if all of us kind of look how our life is kind of panning out and everything came from childhood, you know, sometimes like adversity points you in your direction. Sometimes, you know, having a feathered nest and being fully supported, you know, points you in your direction. But I feel like, um, 
I've just been so supportive, but I just, I, people could look into my life every day. So it's so normal, like making kids lunches and doing too much laundry. I have two dogs running around. So if you hear them, please forgive me. (laughs) Um, but it's just, it's just a normal life. You know, I think that the labels that are put on my life Mm -hmm. separate me when it's in reality, it's all the same. Yeah. I live in a bikini. That's probably the most unrelatable thing that people, (laughs) (laughs) people would see about my life, but the rest is very relatable. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. What does, what's a typical day in your household look like? Um, oh, it's, it's so fun. Um, I, so we have three kids, so they're up usually between six 45 and seven 15. Um, sometimes I have an early workout twice a week. I have an early workout six 15 with my trainer on zoom. Um, one of my trainers. And then, you know, the kids wake up, we have kind of mellow mornings. They have to be at school at eight school is like three minutes away. So we make breakfast, we hang out. So nice. The kids are doing homework or, you know, just screwing around, having fun. Um, The kids go to school. When they go to school, my husband and I kind of divide and conquer. We do the work that we're, uh, sorry, our dog is a loud drinker. Um, We just, we do work. You know, I'm working at my, my job at 1440 P1440, which is my company that services the volleyball world. And I'm training um, in the gym. I'm not on the beach yet, you know, so it's just nine to five. I have a job. And when the kids are home there, we're all home. We're all together. Um, they're in sports and I don't know, we just normal, normal. So normal. (laughs) Yeah. It totally sounds like it. How have you over the years handled managing your time? So you feel present. Cause it sounds like you've been, Mm -hmm. you've been modeled that presence and being at games, you know, being present when you can, but your parents had jobs and you haven't, like you said, nine to five, kind of it's, I wouldn't say right. Nine to five. Every No, it's not, it's not super (laughs) traditional, but, but you, you've got that, you've got to manage your time. So how have you done that over the years with kids? Has guilt ever come up? Yeah. I mean, those are two, two, I guess, similar and separate conversations. You know, the time thing is just like when I, I thought I was so busy before I had kids, you know, with the training and all the trainers and traveling and everything. And then I had kids and I was like, I, (laughs) I laughed at my old self. Like you were not busy, you know, but the, I think the power of having children is that your priorities are very clear and you have no time to waste, you know, because you like when I'm home, I want to be home with my kids. And there's, there's a difference between being present like physically and then being present whole holistically, you know, and I'm, I can do better at being present, like body, mind, and spirit, you know, with my children. Um, the way I grew up, my parents were always around, but they were always working. And so I was, you know, and so that's kind of my comfort zone. Like I'll be working at the kitchen counter, working, my kids are playing, having so much fun. We're not engaging that much, but just the fact that we're together is like my joy, you know, whereas my husband's like, you need to stop working. Like your kids are like running around, go play with them type of thing, you know? So it's like, I can do better in that department. Um, but time management just, you know, it's trial and error and, and some days are very slow. Some days are very fast. And so I just try to have a good attitude as I go throughout my days and then I really try to just be more playful with my kids because life is hard. Their lives are so full and so stressed and they're 12, 11 and eight, you know, so the more playful I can be with them, I think it kind of just, you know, it helps all of us, which is really nice. And then the guilt stuff is just gnarly. You know, it's something that I really, I need to reframe because I feel like for all of your listeners, for all the moms out there, like it's our duty, I believe as as humans to become our best selves, to pursue our calling. And with that, there's some individuality. There's a lot that has to happen. Like I have to do a lot of things on my own and develop myself on my own, you know, in the kind of environment of my family and my other dreams and passions. But, um, 
I think that my, my best service is chasing dreams and, you know, modeling that for my kids. And at the same time, merging both worlds, you know, but for a while, I never thought of anything as a sacrifice in my life until I had children. And then I thought all of it became a sacrifice all the time away became a sacrifice, but then the guilt complex in me became almost unbearable. Like I could barely breathe when I would like leave in a taxi, go to the airport, you know, and like the longer I was away, it just got harder to physically do things. And so what I realized is that I was just crushing myself unnecessarily because it's a choice. Like I'm, I'm so stoked to do what I do. My, my family supportive, even though we're all very sad when I'm gone, like you can, you know, you can do be both fired up about your career and your pursuit and also sad about leaving your family, you know, and then vice versa, you know what I'm saying? So that to me is a work in progress, but I, if I decided to play in Paris, I gave myself till this summer to figure it out. If I decided to play in Paris, I can't look at things as sacrifices anymore. I just have to say, this is a choice, which everything in my life is, and I'm going to take the good with the challenging and the challenges are there to make me better. My kids are going to grow through it and learn through it. And if we choose, it's going to make us all better, you know, totally. So 12, I mean, 12 years of being a mom and playing professionally, have they always stayed home when you traveled or do they sometimes come? What's the. Yeah. Well, so when my boys, so my boys are, they're just shy of a year apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first two years they f- fly free. Right. So oh, yeah, the first, nice. it was so <laughs> nice. So we traveled the world. My husband was still playing at the time. Our two boys, wow. and my little sister, who's actually in town today. Um, we traveled the world. Our first trip, our kids were, our boys were about to turn one and two and we tra- we flew wow. to China. And we were just like, it was weeks and weeks in a row. I remember like, it was just so gnarly for all of us. So for the first couple of years, we did it together. And then once Scouty was born, my husband retired from international play. And so since he was home, we never wanted nannies or, you know, anyone Mm -hmm. to like raise our kids. And so since he was home more, when I would leave, you know, he'd have them. And, um, our kids were, you know, they kind of grew out of this really fast. We had, we had like kind of a full-time nanny sitter, um, until they were about a year and a half, each of them. And then they went to Montessori, Okay, you know, so they've been, they've been, they're pretty independent. They've been out of their house. They like structure and all that. Um, but it's been incredible. And then, so now that they're older, like the last 2021, um, we all, I was gone for, I think six weeks straight. They came out for two, you know, so they come out less, but when they come, it's way more meaningful. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And, and they get to experience all these things that you're doing and I mean, talk about modeling work ethic and commitment. That's amazing. How do you guys approach nutrition as a family? Like, how have you done that over the years? I know health inwardly is so important to you. And I'm just curious about that area of your life, especially, I mean, kids, I've got two toddlers. So the picky eating and the, all of that is what we're navigating right now. And, um, how have you guys, how did, how have you approached that as a family over the years? Well, kind of, I mean, it's nutrition is like, is paramount, you know, and I know it's, it's so, it's so easy when they're babies. Cause they have what they have. And then we become picky, you know, having minds of their own. And they only want to eat tenders and hot dogs. Like, you know, that's the stuff you just have to know. My child's okay. <laughs> my child's okay. This is temporary, you know, but so nutrition in our house, um, I have become more and more kind of hippie with my life. Just because I've done so much research and all the chemicals and processed foods. And, you know, I, I see it manifest in my children when they get sick or if they have too much sugar, they, they get, they always get sick, you know? So nutrition yeah. and sleep are like two priorities in my life, <laughs> but I feel like I've done a disservice to my kids. Cause I, I like only shop organic. I work really hard to like, if they're going to have a cheat, it's like a, 
it's the organic, healthier, lower, more natural sugar version. Um, but now when I say organic, my kids are like, eh. well, it shouldn't <laughs> be that way, you know, yeah. because it's like, it's amazing and it's healthy and it's going to, you know, nourish you. And so, um, but anyhow, so, you know, we, we just focus on eating clean. You yeah, know, truly. My daughter really likes ramen noodles, which is like the worst thing for you in the world. It's like eating <laughs> cup of noodles. And I think it's like just, but it tastes so good. And I, you know, so we're not perfect. We give them what they want. But when I shop, I don't buy the crap. You know, yeah. if I do buy the crap, I buy the nicer version of it, you know, so at least it's a little bit modified. Um, and then when daddy shops, he's Casey's really good as well, but, um, he's just a little bit more lenient than me for sure. Yeah. So, so relatable. Yeah. So relatable. So relatable. No, it's a nightmare. I, I was telling my sister this morning, I'm like, I hate making lunges. <laughs> like I, it stresses me out, you know, cause I was thinking about I'm like, my kids eat like their, their recess is so short, so they don't want to eat. Right. And then I have one, our oldest doesn't like breakfast in the morning my youngest only likes carbs <laughs> and you know, like I want to satiate them. And so the lunch to me is so much pressure, but if I, you know, I can't just give them like a hunk of beef and you know, some good fat. Like, so I just, I'm trying to figure it out, but it's, it's like, it's a pretty fun recipe, but again, like the modeling is really important, you Absolutely. know? And I feel like as parents, if we can choose better and we become what we're surrounded by. So when we shop, if we're mindful of what we put into the basket and the cart, um, and bring home, cause you're not going to eat it if it's not there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You also said sleep. So, uh, especially yeah. when your kids were little, how did that go? Because sleep and training at your level is a paramount, like you said. So did you sleep? <laughs> no. Well, I think, you know, I mean, I feel like God made us to do this. So somehow you get yes. through it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like dead tired. You slept two hours off and on all night. And yet I can still go perform, you know? So I think oh. like whatever, like that mommy power is when mm-hmm. you have, um, even if you adopt, like, I have to believe that, like, this is your mission in life. And so everything you need shows up when you need it. You yeah. know, it's not always pretty. It's not always graceful, but you get things done. And so for me, I certainly had a lot of elements of that. Um, I would have the, our, each of our babies, I'd have them. And then I would take a full four weeks off before training again. And then I wouldn't start getting really heavy duty until three months out. Like I'd start competing, okay. which was all very, very fast. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And there was just this urgency in me to, to return to the game. And I don't really, I understand why it's just how I'm wired, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know if it was the healthiest or not. I'm not going to like second guess myself, but in those situations, it's just like, like your health is so important, you know, and I, I couldn't produce milk to save my life. Like I, I created like non-fat clear milk. <laughs> sad. I tried so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sleep and nutrition were part of that. Cause I am so clean, you know, and working yeah. out so much. Um, but sleep is essential. My kids are, we're all pretty good sleepers for sure. We did sleep training when they were big enough, you know? So I know there's many conversations about this and what's right and what's wrong. I feel like it's such a personal choice, you know, um, our babies for sure co-slept for many months. And then we let them cry it out, which hurt my heart. And it always took way shorter than I thought it would, you know, under three days and they would sleep through the night. Um, once we committed, you know, it's always like, it's just hard thinking about the process. Um, but now like it's kind of non-negotiable. Our kids are in bed by eight 30 period. That's awesome. You know, and it's, it's really awesome and they need it, you know, and for me, I need it. Like if I can go to bed at nine 30, that's like my dream come true. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's so Uh, nice. It's so refreshing to hear that because we have, I mean, I think every mom faces different struggles in motherhood and different choices. And we're all just trying to figure it out with what we know at the time Yeah, and make the best choices for our kids and our own circumstances. And so it's so refreshing to hear 
what you struggled with and what did work for you and what you chose to do. That was just boom, like hard line. This is what we're doing and it's working. Totally. And if it didn't work, we would have kept cracking the egg. Yep. You know, because I think ultimately like this is kind of a weird analogy, but like if my, if my son does something and like if he's rude to his brother and I go, how did that feel? And he goes, you know, like something inside of him said that doesn't feel good. And I feel like when you're being a mom, like you, it has to feel it doesn't have to be easy, but it has to feel right in mm-hmm. some semblance inside of yourself, you know, cause some things that feel right are really, really hard. And I think that's just kind of, you have to take, take into account your certain situations, you know, when your partner's around, what your work schedule is, how you want to feel in your days, and then set your life up around that. You know, it's not necessarily like the end results. It's like, how do I want to feel in my days and how can I structure my days as much as possible with this little baby or these little babies to get this done? You know, but I know kids are super adaptive and I think you can lead that for your child. You know, like my kids like structure, which to me is like discipline. And sometimes I'm like, Mm -hmm. gosh, am I too, am I too much, but they thrive in it, you know, and they also need to play as well. And I think with sleep as well, like for my daughter, it took her, I I wouldn't put her down. (laughs) And every time she'd cry, I would go. And my husband, it took him a year to be like, you're not getting out of bed. (laughs) <laughs> and then it took literally two and a half days, you know? And I'm like, why didn't you do this earlier? <laughs> Cause I couldn't, like, I just couldn't. And he had to be really kind of forceful with me. And he's like, you're being so selfish. Like she needs to figure this out. The more you're, the more you're having training wheels for her, the longer it's going to take her. She's ready, you know? And so he just kind of talked some sense into me and I had, had some tears and then it all worked out. Yeah. Do you think some of the ways you approach stuff in motherhood when it came to just knowing how you wanted to feel day to day, the structure, the choices you made, do you think your mindset around that and how you approached those choices and those circumstances came from being an athlete? Do you think those were what's the word connected and how you approach stuff? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I mean, I feel like we all have kind of our standard operating modes, Mm. you know, and for me, it's like, have good attitude, show up with purpose and know what you want, you know, and then be flexible as things work out. And I'm like, I mean, I don't want to like cast any illusions. Like I'm a poop show. (laughs) Life is not linear. Life is not very clean. You know, it's like, there's so much adapting and like trial, trial and error and all these things. So let's be clear there. I'm within myself and within my family, but like the fun, what I realized going through some therapy, trying to heal some like core wounds in me is that like the bottom of everything, my grief, my, my shame, my fear, the the bottom of all of that is love. It's so crazy. Like I had conversations with the grief I'm carrying and with the fear I'm carrying. Like literally I like, it was, it's called, um, what's it called? It's called gestalt training. And I had a practitioner walk me through this, but I'm here talking to these things that are, I feel are weighing me down. Mm -hmm. And then I have a relationship with it and they talk back to me. It sounds super crazy, but, um, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but life is very full and, we all have our individual work to do and then we merge it with our family, you know? And so I feel, Oh yeah. So my mindset is just to, to figure out a way, mm-hmm. you know, and I want team is everything to me. Like my family upbringing, like we were, we were a team, you know, and everything was that. And so I have that with my husband now in our family. So my mindset in life is like the team concept. I'm a utility player. I want to show up with all my heart and do whatever is needed. Mm-hmm. Not perfectly just with all my heart. And I know I bring that to motherhood for sure. Yeah. I love that. Let's dive a little bit more into starting your family, pregnancies, postpartums, because that season of life, those years where you were starting your family was 
what many would say was like the most, the most successful point in your career. You were pregnant with your third when you won your third gold medal. I mean, that's just mind blowing. So can you take us through that timeline? Um, starting like, I think post Athens, is that around the time? Yeah. So I met my husband in 2001. I would have married him in a minute, but, um, (laughs) we didn't get married until almost five years later. Um, I, you know, I, after Athens, um, I got married in 2005 at the end of 2005 to Casey, we got pregnant right away. And then I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a miscarriage early 2006 and basically it was twins that didn't split. So something went wonky in the process and it was devastating to me. Yeah. Absolutely crushed me. And the way it went down, they said, Carrie, you know, with this type of pregnancy, um, an issue you had, if you get pregnant, you have a chance to, it can turn into cancer, something yeah. about something. And so I had a choice to make. It's like, do I wait and heal and get pregnant or do I pursue the Olympics you know, and then try. And so the decision was to pursue the Olympics and then try. It was the most winningest time in my life with Misty, but the most miserable and disconnected that I've been with my husband ever. Like right after 2008, I got pregnant with Joey. Like we conceived in Beijing after we won the gold medal. (laughs) I was so bad. Well, I was bald. My husband and I were very disconnected at the time um, because I was so, so on a pursuit and I didn't realize we were disconnected. Sounds silly now because how do you not realize, but I didn't. And so I remember bawling after we did our first official try being like, oh my God, how's my life going to change? Like, am I ready for, are we ready for this? All these things get pregnant. Um, and then Casey's like, I can't do this anymore. Like we're done. And I was oh. like, oh my God, <laughs> this is insane. So I learned a big lesson about like never losing sight of the life side of your life as you're pursuing your goals and dreams, wow. never take anything you love for granted, basically. You know, yeah. and I did that and like, I, I still have guilt and shame for doing that, but it's been like the greatest blessing also, because I'm never going to go back to that place. And the awareness that I have now and the connection that I have now with my husband is beautiful. So I'm so grateful for that. So we had Joey in 2009, Sundance came, um, like 362 days later, right? Yeah. They're three days shy of a year apart. Um, and then I got back to work right away after Sundance. Uh, Missy and I got back together, won a gold medal in London. And the month before London, we were in Stad, which is one of our favorite places on tour and in the world in Switzerland. And we're like, should we give it a try? And so we conceived my daughter the month before London. And so wow. she was in my tummy growing when we were winning in London. And it was just so fun. Did you so, notice at all five yeah. weeks pregnant? Could you, what were like the signs and how did you feel? Yeah, well, it, you want a gold, so it didn't impact your playing. That no, much. I mean, it's so early. I mean, it's, it's crazy how early that is, right? Like you just miss your period and you just know, but you know, I never, they say based your next pregnancy on your previous one. And like with my boys, I had literally maybe one and a half hard days. I like loved it. It felt great. And I like, it was just so wonderful. I loved delivery. I loved all of it. And so I was like, oh, it'd be no problem. I can try for our daughter. Like I've never, I never had anything until maybe month five and I would have headaches. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter, um, I realized I was pregnant because I sneezed in London and you, I, I feel like it was, I was every, every time I felt this, I was pregnant and I sneezed and it felt like I got stabbed in my abdomen. Do oh, you ever yeah. feel those mm-hmm. sharp pains? Mm-hmm. So that happened a couple of times in London. And the second time it, my, my rib went out and we were playing that night. And I was like, Oh, oh man, God. like I, so I was so pissed. My rib was out, but then I was so excited that I thought we were pregnant. 
and, and then we won the game. Um, and then I remember being in, a, in an ice bath and my husband was getting room service at like one in the morning because we played so late with our boys and our boys were so cute and so little. And I remember just yelling to him, I'm like, babe, I think I'm pregnant. And he's like, that's how we do it. And it was just like, that was the conversation. And then, you know, and then I didn't take a test or do any of that until later, but I knew I was so wow. silly story, but it's so fun. Yeah. You know, your body really well, obviously as an athlete, yeah. but with, I yeah. feel like moms just have like this different sense about what's going on with our bodies and what they need and what's actually going on inside. Um, yeah. so you had a, with your boys back to back like that, was that you planned that you wanted yeah. to have to, you wanted to have them in that time frame? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm 11 months younger than my brother. So I grew up with that. Casey's yeah. very close. He's one of five. He's very close to his next brother. And so we just both love that, you know, and being yeah. professional athletes, it's like, you kind of have to thread the needle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did, we got so lucky after, you know, starting with the miscarriage, that was just, again, that was just so hard and so out of left field. And I, it really threw me for a loop and then just, you know, everything, everything always works out, you know, and that lesson and that timing is, I just believe it's divine timing, you know? And so I was so grateful and, you know, in hindsight, I want to say, I wish we would have gone back to back after scouty, you know? Um, but not, I mean, not really. Cause three is amazing and scout like completes all of us. So yeah. I was one of four. I have a little brother up in heaven. So I was raised oh. with a family of four and I always thought I'd have that, you know, but, um, our kids are, you know, a little tripod and they're, they're beautiful. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. special. What was training and everything like while you were pregnant? You, I know you said you take four weeks off postpartum and then get back into things slowly. But what did training like? Did you play nine months pregnant? Were you did yeah. you take a whole year off? Like what was? No. What did that look no. like? You know, it was, it was a pretty rad time in my life because mm-hmm. I I kept training like that was my sanity. It's who I am. Yeah. You know, I think that's how I express myself is through my physicality a lot. So I never want that to go away. But when I was pregnant, so I would keep training. I'd keep playing um, fours, less doubles, you know, okay. and I played with all of them until I was nine plus months pregnant. Wow. I lift weights with all of them, you know, with Joey, I, I remember doing a lot on the treadmill, you know, mm-hmm. and then my feet like bottomed out. And so I'm like, Hey, I'm pregnant again. I'm not going to do that again. And so I would try something new, you know, and by the time I had Scouty, I felt really good about it, about my training and kind of the timing of everything, but it was so fun to train not to win but to train, to feel good and be strong for my baby. Yeah. You know, that really, that was a really peaceful, lovely time for myself, but I trained because I wanted to kind of have the baby like the, I never stopped until the four weeks after I gave birth. Right. I wanted my uterus to heal. I wanted to mm-hmm. like give myself time. Um, but I wanted to hit the ground running after that time, you know, and I think training while pregnant, not only did I feel so empowered and so strong and in a different way, I just, yeah, it just, it, it fulfilled me so beautifully. It's amazing what the female body is capable of. It's unbelievable. Mind blowing. Like so many growing organs and eyeballs and brains. I mean, blows my mind. It blows my mind. So something that my community talks a lot about and struggles with sometimes is comparison and body image. You know, logically moms know that athletes, people that are just built a certain way, look like they bounce back. They physically look, you know, back in shape. I think it can be really easy to look and logically know, okay, I know they're going to, they're just built a different way. Physically, they treat their body differently. They have different support than I do. Do you have any encouragement for moms who might be like struggling with that side of things? Because I mean, growing up in a sport where you're constantly competing against women and some people are better than you and some people look different or look stronger or play better. I feel like it's a constant thing that can carry on, especially into motherhood. 
Yeah. So is that any, do you have any wisdom on that or encouragement for Um, moms that are listening? Well, I mean, I don't think anything, you know, earth shattering. I just think that comparison, as we all know, it's just, it's just a self-defeating thing. There's like no room for it. Like I, I feel like something, my parents always encouraged me to go and watch the best and learn from the best. And so we, when we go to giants games or or Stanford volleyball, like I would go watch and be inspired by, I would never compare, you know? And I think, and that's what I would hope for everyone, all of your listeners, the whole world is to be inspired by people who you perceive to have better and more, but don't let that define you or define what you're lacking, you know, cause you have no idea. I mean, like if you're looking and this is kind of a weird, silly comparison, but if you're looking at my life on paper, when we're winning gold medal in Beijing, I was so sad and so miserable and so unhealthy, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, we never know what's going on. I think that, I think we need to acknowledge that. And I think we all just need to respect people for trying. I think that's important, but you know, for me, when it comes to body image, I, for sure, my whole life I've had trainers. Absolutely. In the past two years, I haven't had them and I'm probably the biggest and least fit I've ever been. And I hate it. And look, when I look at myself naked, I'm bummed, you know, cause I'm like, I just have this vision of myself in a bikini and I look different than that, you know, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to teach myself and guide myself. And so I can feel good naked. <laughs> so I can feel good walking around. Like I don't yeah. have to cover up, you know? And for me, there is certainly a mindset and something that I'm trying to learn to appreciate my body and myself for everything this body has given me, which is every single thing you could ever want. So there's a mindset part to it. There's a spiritual part to it. You know, like, like, like I do a meditation once a week where I literally go over like every body part and I say, I love you. And that sounds so silly and so hokey, but it's like our body listens to us and we're made of water and water certainly is affected by our environment and what you say to it. And so I I talk to myself, you know, and nutritionally, um, what I learned, which your listeners might really appreciate this because they like blew my mind is that we're each supposed to, I mean, this is not Bible, like exactly, but around this, we're each supposed to have are the amount of protein. Like I say, I weigh 170. I'm supposed to eat roughly 170 grams of protein a day mm-hmm. to be able to maintain my muscle mass. So like, so my goal is 150 a day. So that, and I eat between 12 and eight. So every meal I need at least 50 grams of protein, which is kind of a lot. But if you don't do that, Liz, you're skinny fat. Like you just are like, you need to, you need to have enough protein to trick the mechanism to build muscle and to sustain Mm -hmm. muscle. And so I feel like a lot of us and meat protein is different than than plant protein. You need to have way more plant protein to make up for it, you know? And so I feel like that was like a lifeline for me because I try so hard. I eat so clean. I lift, I do cardio and nothing is happening, Mm -hmm. you know? So protein and healthy fat are a huge focus for me. Sleep is a huge focus for me because that all sorts of hormones and healing. And then I've been going through this process, which I assume a lot of your listeners, maybe yourself need, um, would resonate with is I'm, I'm really trying to heal a lot of the traumas I've been carrying around my whole life. I had this realization that I've told my body to shut up and suck it up for 35 years. And my body at this point is like, I'm done doing that. You need Mm -hmm. to heal. You need to sit and think about what you, the baggage you need to let go of you know, and, and then I'll perform. And so I'm in this really tricky position where I'm like, just tell me what work to do and I'll do it. But the work is like internal. The work is like journaling or talking to a therapist and like trying to understand the, literally the baggage I'm carrying, you know, like imagine we're all like wearing a backpack. I feel like I have like 30, like huge bags on me that I don't need to carry. So if I can start to recognize those things and put them down, then I know I'm going to flourish. And I feel like that's a recipe for all of us 
you know, and I, I think that's kind of the, the calling during COVID and this pandemic, it's like, let's stop searching for authorities outside of us to tell us how we're going to be safe, how we're going to navigate this crazy world. Like we have to, we have to be settled within and figure out what works for us and then do it because there's many, many ways to the top of the mountain. And mine is going to be way different than yours. Yeah. And we're all going to take different paths, but if you know where you want to go, you'll get there. But yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of nuanced work, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of that's probably rooted too, in just educating yourself on the different things that you're trying to change and grow in and heal from. Um, Have you always done that self-education piece? Or, I mean, obviously you've had people in your life, professionals who have helped you do that too, but have you self-initiated a lot of that education as well? Yeah. I'm a, I'm like a seeker, you know, like I, I learn, I process very internally, but mm-hmm. other people's words and wisdom, like is what gets through to me, you know? So I list, I mean, I probably have every self-help book. I listen to so many inspirational people and, um, I don't necessarily know what I'm looking for, except for resonance to, for other people's words to help me make sense of what I'm, I'm feeling in my yeah. life. You know, the nutrition part, like that was like, oh, that's amazing. You know, the, like another piece it was like, I was having marriage problems with my husband and, and he's like, well, what's, what's your husband's business complaint? And he's like, you know, I'm just that I'm like that. I'm so busy. You know, my time is so full. And he's like, well, you know, a lot of time people stay busy because they don't want to confront the issues in the relationship or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, God dang it. You know, like that's yes, yes, that's truth. You know, and it could be said 10 different ways, but that one time is going to help you understand that you know? So, um, I, I, I'm, I am a seeker of wisdom and knowledge and then I have to experience it. But what I've learned is that if something resonates with me, there's a, there's a grain of truth in there that I'm curious about. And then I follow my curiosity for sure. Do you have any routines or practices that help you implement that? Like in your morning or during the day you're very busy. So when, when do you find time to do that? Well, if you like, A, if you look at our surroundings, like, A, I'm just, it's kind of obnoxious. Like I'm just always comfortable, which I think is important. You know, sometimes comfortable is wearing like all black and looking sexy. That's very rare, but like, you know, like I always want to be feeling good in what I'm wearing and mm-hmm. even if it's just sweats and a shirt. Um, so I think comfort's important. If you look around a house, there's inspirational things everywhere. So I think, again, you become what you're surrounded by. So your environment is yeah. something you control. So pay attention to what you're surrounded by. I definitely journal all the time. Um, I listen to Abraham Hicks all the time who, and she speaks about law of attraction. You know, what you focus on is what you invite into your life. If you're focused on lack, the lack is there. If you focus on the solution, the solution shows up type of thing. And then I'm just, I, I, my friend group um, is very small, but they're, they're dope. You know, it's like, as an adult, you can, you can control certain things in your life and the people you choose to hang out with. Um, I'm, I'm very choosy and very blessed to have just wonderful people. Yeah. When it comes to motherhood and your work and your career and all the playing and all the traveling, how did you create boundaries in your life and protect the space of your family and that time together? Because I feel like it's a, I mean, I'm only three and a half years into being a mom, but I feel like it's like a constant pivot and shift of trying to figure out where do I put a boundary? What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? How did you navigate that? I'm still and forever will be, you know, I feel like that's why I married my husband. (laughs) Like. (laughs) He it's, it's what we fight about probably most is that I'm just, I, I say yes. And I invite everyone in and, um, he's like, babe, this is like this little group of five were sacred, like stop allowing people to take your time and your energy and to like, literally if we're I'm with my family at a restaurant, people will come up, ignore yeah. my whole family and talk to me, you know, and it's really hard for me to say, no, can we do this later? And yet to my husband, it's like, I'm betraying him. 
you know, and like, and I'm literally letting someone come between us. And so I'm really working on that aspect myself. Cause I totally understand that, Yeah, you know? Um, and he's learning to understand that it's hard for me to say no. Um, he thinks it should be very black and white, which it, maybe it should, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm operating a little bit differently, but anyhow, so we, after we went through our marriage problems, um, worth the work we did with our psychologist, we came down to the fact that we aren't taking care of our 1440. And 1440, those are the minutes in the day. Yeah. And so basically he's like, what I'm hearing you guys is that Carrie, you are very busy all the time and your 1440 is everywhere. It's very scattered. And Casey, he wants it to be sacred and your time spent with them to be more quality. So you guys need to take better care of your 1440. And so in theory, I'm terrible at this, but this is the goal is that the 1440 and what we want to do with our lives, how we want to feel that becomes a filter through which we say yes and no to everything, you know, and then also along with that 1440 kind of mindfulness, it's also like, I want this to serve my key buckets, which again, are my faith, my family and my passion, you know? And so if it, if it doesn't kind of fit in that kind of framework, then in theory, again, it should be a no, an easy no, but, but yeah, the, I'm, I'm bad with boundaries for sure. I respect them so much. And what I'm realizing is that pe- other people need boundaries. You know, I always feel like I'm like disappointing or like, I don't know, being kind of stingy, but it's like, people need to know what's okay and what's not okay. And, and it's my life. So I can create that very politely and in whatever way, but that's important for them too. Not just me, you know? Absolutely. So to perform at the level you've performed, there's so much mindset work that has to be done. And I've, you've dove into a lot of this, but how has this helped in motherhood? How has it helped you on that side of things? Did you ever experience any struggles postpartum that you were able to apply some of that stuff? Yes. I mean, I feel like, Hey, I just feel like I was born for it. Like I all of motherhood and it's so hard. And I, I pray to God that I'm strong enough to keep raising my children and let them have wings and fly. Cause I just, I can't imagine them leaving the home and the college and oh my gosh, it breaks my heart. My 12 year old acts like he's 20. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> I'm like already feeling this. Um, but you know, I, I, for sure, I was always getting ready to be ready you know? So like when I was pregnant, I was getting ready for delivery, you know? And after delivery, I was, you know, that whole time was leading up to the stage I'd have my baby. And so like the nesting and all these things and, and just structuring my life where I felt good in my life. I felt like I was purposeful and taking care of number one, which was my baby. And so I had that mindset throughout, you know, before, during, and after the baby arrived mindset to me is everything in, in delivery. I've 100% (laughs) used everything. You know, my mom never used one ounce of drugs and I was just so stubborn. Like I'm never going to do that. And I just want to protect my baby. And I mean, God bless all the options out there. I just want to say that they're there for a reason. Um, but like, I just remember like having to, to endure that I was a, so excited because I just was, my mom always told me my whole life, you're going to love it. It's going to be so fun. And I, I went into the zone where I was just so focused on one piece of art and, you know, each of the three times. And I was just breathing, you know, and just, it was so primal. And it's kind of the place where you're in flow, where you're, you're just, things are happening and your body opens up and it just happens, you know? So I, I for sure, my mentality and my training and all my whole life as an athlete came through in the birthing process. Here's a cute little side note. So I remember having, giving birth to my son, Joey, number one, number one's always the hardest, right? And for me, it certainly was, it was the longest and the hardest and the unknown. And I remember my husband's in the room and we were having a tough time. Um, and my mom was in the room and I remember like, I'm like just grinning and bearing it. My mom's holding my hand and petting me like this. And I look up to her and she's like looking down at me, like, 
like the happiest, like, isn't it so fun, Karen? And I was like, <laughs> this is horrible. But at the same time, so happy, you know? Um, and so, and that's, again, that's, that's who my mom is. And I'm so glad she, her essence is in me and mm-hmm. she's an athlete as well. And as a mama. Um, and then as like my kids get older, just being nimble, you know, and being loving and being on purpose, um, being flexible, but for sure, having boundaries, having standards, um, sticking with something. Yeah. Follow through all of it. Follow through is yeah. Our children need it. I need it. You know, like that's how I have confidence confidence in myself is if I follow through on things, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So every, it's all so relatable and it's just, to me, it's just parallel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. With your kids and the age they're at now, very impressionable ages. So what values are you guys focused on instilling in them? How do you take advantage of those opportunities? You said they're in sports. So like, how are you cultivating those values and characteristics and things in them that you see, but also that you want for them as they grow into adults eventually, not now, but eventually. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> God bless them. Yeah. No, their journey they're on is so special and I love every minute of it. It keeps getting better. You know, and I thought it was going to be really hard when my kids were babies and I would travel. It's so much harder now when I travel because their lives are full. And now it's like my daughter at one point, she reminded me, she's, she literally was like, mom, are you choosing your job over me? Was kind of how she framed it. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, no baby, you know? And so we had these conversations. So I'm so grateful. She's, you know, open enough to share these things with me. Yeah. But wait, remind me of the question real quick. Just like, what do you want to instill in them? Value wise characteristics. Yeah. Well, I just, I want them to I want them to be free in their lives, like within and without. And so I just want them to, to know they're capable of handling what's ever in front of them, you know, in order, in order to do that, you need to experience things. Traveling the world is to me, the best education you can ever have, you know, trying new things, um, playing multiple sports, trying instruments, like developing range as a child. I think as you grow that ranges as a child grows into range as an adult. Yeah. And I always want them to follow their curiosity. You know, my husband does a very, very good job of planting seeds. Like he'll, he'll get our kids horseback riding lessons or, and he'll just, if the kids start getting wild in the house, he'll just take them out and go exploring. Yeah. You know, um, where I'm like trying to discipline them and they're just like literally going crazy. Like, get me out of here. Like <laughs> my husband's really good at that, you know? So I think we just want to plant seeds in them and then just see where they take it and really encourage them, but love and kindness and honesty, um, them being honest to themselves always, you know, I, I come from a family of pleasers, which is a blessing and a curse, you know, but I certainly did a, have done a lot of things in my life that I wouldn't choose or wouldn't choose again. And I don't, I don't want my children to necessarily just say yes, because they think they're supposed to, you know, so having them, especially in these times as well, having them think critically, you know, yeah. and, and try to understand all sides of the situation instead of being told what to think. Um, mm-hmm. We're really working on instilling that in our children. Yeah. You know? That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Which, how do you do that? Aside from having conversations <laughs> and, you know, giving the different perspectives, like it's, we have no idea what we're doing, but this all feels kind of feels right. Yeah. My husband's great at cultivating that in me constantly by questioning, you know, I'll tell him something I think. And he's like, well, why do you think that? And I'm, I get very defensive, but, and, yeah, then, totally. I, and then I go, oh, I see what you're doing here. Okay. And it's almost yeah. like practicing for our kids down the road. <laughs> oh, how cute. No, for sure. It definitely helps. Why do you Absolutely. think that? Like, why would you, what about this or the other side, you know, playing devil's advocate? Yeah. It helps a lot, but absolutely. Well, I think asking questions in general is just, I mean, that's certainly like Casey's like, stop grilling me a lot. And I'm like, I'm literally just trying to understand. Yeah. I'm not questioning you. I just, this is how, like, I'm an investigator by nature, mm-hmm. you know? And so I learned that about myself and, um, 
but it drives them nuts. But I think, <laughs> but as children, like you hope they have that quality, mm-hmm. right? Again, well, so they, they don't do, it gets stifled. It seems exactly. The I never like, no, this away. is what to think. Don't ask questions. Just the, oh, here it is. Yes. It's so wrong. It's so wrong. It's like as an athlete, how you tell your body to stop, stop hurting, you know, and then you just numb yourself and you can numb your brain. You can numb your spirit. You can numb your body. And I never want my children to be numb to anything. Like even the painful stuff, like they have to feel it. Like that's just part of life. I want to like comfort them, you know, but all of that is just part of life. Yeah. They're such little mirrors and they're so wise. And I just, I just don't want to get in the way. I definitely want to give them boundaries and, you know, help them follow through and do those little important things, get in those habits. But, yeah. um, as far as their pursuits and kind of becoming who they are, like they came out who they are. <laughs> That's <is> true. <laughs> yeah. My youngest was born on the 4th of July. We call him my firecracker. He was born super oh. fast and it still holds to this day. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And it's going to serve him so well, little it cancer will. baby. That's it right. will. Yeah. The last question I like to ask every guest is centered around tough love because that word, that phrase can get misinterpreted in all the wrong ways, but it really is defined as caring enough about someone that you're going to shoot straight and not beat around the bush. And I feel like that's something that we just need. And it's because you care about their well-being, like physical, emotional, spiritual, mental. I mean, all of the aspects of them, you're just going to come right to the point, not beat around the bush because you love them. Like that is tough love in my opinion you're the goat of beach volleyball. I mean, that's fact, (laughs) but you also are an amazing example of mindset and intention and just being present and purposeful with where you are right now and how you're raising your kids. So with the definition of tough love in mind, what's one thing you want to leave these moms with to leave them encouraged and equipped as they take on their day? Man, I really like this question and there's so many different ways to kind of address it. Mm -hmm. Um, First, I just want to say that I, I was raised in a family of tough love. I married a man who is a tough lover, like the level of accountability, you know, consistent accountability and expectations is so powerful. It's made me who I am. And it's a beautiful gift, I think. And you're right. It's like my best friend. I know she's my best friend. If she's calling me out. Yeah. If she's not, you know, and same thing with my children, you know, I'm not going to let you eat that third donut because you're going to go have diarrhea right now. Like (laughs) that might feel like tough love (laughs) in the moment, but you know, I love you. So I'm saying, no, you know, there's so many different expressions of it. And so I am a very big fan of tough love. I think that maybe where that kind of misses the mark or or where there needs to be an awareness, if you are a tough lover, and if if that's like your framework, which I think is beautiful. And I, I, I suggested, I think even, um, I think that as we give our children the love that they need, as we give ourselves the love that we need, like all the failures and all the lessons learned the hard way, we have to leave room for grace. Yeah. And we just have to know that every bad experience, every mistake, every failure is literally simply a repetition at doing something better. Like as an athlete, if I like shank a pass and I like lose the game for my team, if I crush myself with that, my chances of doing well, in the next one are gone. Like, you know, this, like you're done. You might as well go join the other team. But if I'm like, okay, that sucks. That hurts. How can I prevent this from happening again? What can I train? How is my mind? Like, if you go down the list, it'd be like, what's the wisdom I can get from this experience mm-hmm. that becomes not a failure, but a win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think as, as we kind of raise our kids and guide our kids, as long as we can be hard on them and set standards and boundaries. Um, but just say like, you know, you did this wrong, you know, let's understand what was a wrong part about what you did, but let's understand that this is not the end all be all. This does not define you love yourself enough to try again. 
love yourself to forgive yourself because you're like one step closer to greatness or Mm -hmm. you're one step closer to knowing who you are. You know, it's like kind of, I've said this before, but you have to live the contrast in life to know what you want. You have to go through hell to get to heaven. And all of that stuff is just provocation to better within you. But I don't think you get to greatness without a lot of tough love and without a lot of messing up and you have to love yourself for where you lack and for where your inherent potential is like lack to me now is potential. And I feel like, I feel like if we can kind of instill our kids to look at where they lack, where they're weaker as potential and get excited about it instead of self defeated about it, like that would be a game changer, you know, really hard. I don't know how you do that. Um, but I do know how I do that. You know, it comes in the moment. And I think we mm-hmm. all know how we do that because um, we all love, you know, when, when I screw up my kids, like, you know, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. It's not them, yeah. you know? And so me acknowledging that even to my kids is really important. Like you guys, I'm sorry. That was, that was unacceptable. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're pretty candid in this house. I, my kid, my son dance the other day was like, mom, that wasn't okay. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. Thank you for the accountability. <laughs> yeah. I captain. But you know, they're so honest. So I don't know if that answered your question, but I just think, yeah, it's, it's the self-love with the tough love Mm -hmm. is really important. You know, and I think knowing who you are, trying to help their kids figure out who they are and love themselves for the good, the bad, the ugly, like that will allow them to thrive in tough love situations and then want it. You know, they'll they'll seek out the coach that challenges them because they'll see that challenge as, oh, they believe in me. They believe I have more in me, you know, and that's been my whole life. And I would want that. I feel like we rise to our expectations. You know, I don't like labels. Labels are so limiting, but I think having high expectations and then setting the culture and the environment to reach them is, is our duty as parents. Yeah. So insightful. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Um, where can everyone, I mean, <laughs> Google search, Carrie Walsh Jennings. Don't believe any of it. You're going to find your Instagram and everything, but um, tell us about platform 1440 and where, like, where do you hang out the most? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like everyone, I think in the world, Instagram, um, yeah. that's, that's the only place I'm on Instagram and telegram, which is both ridiculous, but so much inspiration and information too. Yeah. At Carly Walsh, I think. And then my, uh, platform 1440, our company. So it's at platform 1440. And basically we're a company that serves the, the athletes in the sport of volleyball holistically. So it's body, mind, and spirit, like everything that I've done for 30 years, all the experts, all of the lessons and wisdom, um, it all exists on our platform and we give kids, it's so fun. We give kids opportunities to compete and then digitally we give them resources to, to develop themselves as humans. So, and parents as well. So it's really beautiful. Um, p1440.com. If people want to check it out, it's pretty special. That's something I would have absolutely benefited from in my younger years, you know, growing in the sport. So, wow. Thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing and all that you will do, because it's amazing. The impact and the legacy that you're leaving, not only on the sport, but your family and, um, just so honored again to have you on. So thank you so much, Carrie. Oh, thank you. Liz, you did great. You're good at this. (laughs) This is one of those conversations that I know I'm going to go back to and, take away something different every single time I listen. So I hope there was something that spoke to you today, whether it was the relatability of Carrie and how her journey in motherhood has been, or if it was something that you learned when it came to mindset or nutrition or consistency, what I want you to do, if you're impacted at all in any way by this episode, take a screenshot right now while you're listening and whether it was a quote or a concept or something that Carrie shared that really spoke to you, I want you to share it to your Instagram stories and make sure that you not just tag me, tag Carrie. So she knows how she left an impact on you today with her words and her experience and her encouragement. And like I say with everything, 
we hear and listen to and read things through our own lens and our own perspective. So there might've been parts of today's episode that didn't really speak to you. And there might be parts that you just related to so much that you were like, wow, okay, I get it. Like she gets me. We've been at the same place before, whatever it is. We all see things through our own lens, our own perspective, and we all take things in based on what our own belief systems are. And so if there was something that you didn't quite relate to, it didn't speak to you today, leave it. But I know there was probably one thing. So whatever that one thing was that really hit home with you today, I want you to go share it on your Instagram stories. Make sure you tag Carrie so she can see just the impact that she left on you as a, as a, as a fellow mom today. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week ahead of you. Go get after it. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review, letting me know how this show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.